It's a comedian. Yeah. He is. <laughs> no, not joking. Hello and welcome back to that Josh James show with me, stand-up comedian Josh James. As ever, I'm joined by my right-hand man, Salvatore Bocconi, aka the Italian Stallion. How are we doing, Sal? I'm all good. And today we've got a very special guest, the hardest man in this neck of the woods, <laughs> and my good friend, the Romford Ball, Johnny Fisher. What's happening, Johnny? I'm good, thanks, Josh. Thank you for that a very flattering introduction. But I don't, I don't He's know a gentleman yeah. as well. Yeah. Nah, good to see you, Josh. Yeah, yeah. You um, been all right? Yeah, good, mate. Just, uh, I thought a few weeks ago, I had a few weeks off, probably ate a bit too much. I went to Tenerife for a little bit. And you did? Just, uh, relaxed for a little bit. But now, after a little while, you just want to get back into it. So, yeah. started building for the next one now. Did you booze? I don't the... drink at all. You don't no. drink at all? No, it's Not... just food. It's just food. You know, like when you walk past <laughs> the little shops, like and you've got like the, the Lay's crisps looking at you, the Fanta lemons and stuff. Yeah. So I'd have a meal and then I'd go and have another meal on the yeah. way to another meal. So it's just like constant cycle of eating. That's that's what holiday is all about for me. How, how many calories you do a day? When I'm training, 7,000 a day just to keep <laughs> up with my out. training. But that's just to maintain my weight because of the amount of calories that you're burning, like sparring especially. Like I, I remember I've done four rounds of sparring with Daniel Dubois in the last camp and I had my heart rate monitor on, I've done about 1800 calories in about 15, 20, I think it's a 20 minute sparring session, but then you do your pads afterwards and a little bit of training before. So it all adds up to about 1800 calories. How is that with old Dan, Daniel Debar? Cause you're both big hitters, yeah. aren't you? And when you spar Daniel, I sparred him a few times, he just comes to take your head off. Every really? Time. Yeah. And uh, it was good. I went down with another guy, Italian heavyweight Guido Vianello and uh, he's never sparred Daniel before and he's a good he's, he's an Olympian Guido yeah. and I said look just expect he's going to come for you every, every time he's going to keep coming and keep coming so really? I tried to give him a bit of a pep talk and he done well but well I've just he's, he's more experienced than me but because I've sparred him a few more times you you can work people out a little bit more yeah. you're more experienced in terms of the, the opponent yeah than exactly. Sparring. exactly he's never sparred him before but you, you, it'll give you, it'll give you hell for leather every time. But that's good. You need that a few times in your camp, like one or two times. Have a proper spa where you're going to be under the cosh. So yeah, it's always good preparation. When you're training and you're eating, I, I sometimes because I see the when you're on Instagram, whatever you're down the rabbits or you're yeah. you're wherever, um, and I'm like fucking, he's eating that. But then you seem like running on a treadmill, like you're not as cut as say something like an anti Joshua, no. but you're very much can see every bit of definition. You can see your yeah. abs, you can see that. And I'm like, but how can you eat all that food? It's 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 mad yeah. that you're just such just, a fucking unit. <laughs> a, genetically, some people are different. You'll look really yeah. cut. Or you're, some, some people get away of eating loads and loads of crap all the time and they'll look genetically like ripped to shreds. Mm. But some people, it all depends on your, your genetics. But all I see food as is my fuel for training. All that food's going to get used up and it's going to get dispensed yeah. away. I'm not really going to have any surplus calories left after that so i can go down the rabbits and i can have a, a pie and potatoes and stuff like that because it's just all as long as it's wholesome food it's home cooked that's going to do me well and to keep myself sane every saturday night in camp i will still have a chinese because one i need the calories and two for my mental state i need to still enjoy one part mm. of the week of food otherwise it's just like yeah. i'm not just fueling all the time i've got to have one bit of enjoyment you know so what are you eating on a daily basis it's, it's quite simple. It's quite straightforward. Before training, I won't eat too much. I'll have some brown flakes. I'll have like a, a crumpet or something like that or some toast with some peanut butter on it and a little bit of protein. I normally have some prawns or something. So I know I didn't have that much, but it is still quite a lot for a breakfast. Yeah. And then I'll go straight over the road 
and I have lamb chops, potatoes, green beans, courgettes, a bit of sushuk, you know, the Turkish, the Turkish stuff. Yeah. There. So like, sushuka, is that Sushuk, sushuk, yeah, or suka, yeah, I don't know, right, I don't know yeah. how to pronounce it. But um, yeah, so like a lot of salt because you can lose a lot of salt in your training as well. Yeah. And then literally an hour later, once I've got home, I'm hungry again. So I'll go up chariots and I have a bit of halibut or a bit of salmon or a bit of steak up the fish shop because they cook it all fresh. So I try and keep everything as fresh as possible. And then two hours later, I'm going, getting ready for my next session. So I have a bit of food before that. And then I'll eat after that session to replace what I've lost. And then before I go to sleep, I'll eat something else. So I have about five, six meals a day, but I try and keep them as wholesome, as, as nutritious as possible. But it's not always possible. The eating alone sounds exhausting. Yeah, it is. It's, you've got to remember because if I don't get a fuel in after a session, then I know two, three days down the line, I'm going to pay the price because it's a delayed effect. My strength mm. and conditioning coach and does my nutrition as well, Sonny Cannon, he said, it's so important to get something in straight away after training because that's going to be used straight away. If you don't, you're going to pay the price two or three days later when you're going to start feeling tired because it all has a knock-on effect. And how many hours a day do you train for like in, in camp? Uh, when I'm in camp, I'll do, in the mornings, we'll do a boxing session or a strength session. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, I normally do a strength and conditioning session. It does change, but that's normally what happens. And then mm. Monday, Wednesday, Friday is a boxing session and that will be sparring or pads. And the sparring uh, is taxing. It could be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You could spar one week uh, in like the three, four weeks before. And then in the evenings, you're doing your running or your sprint work. So, and then all swimming as well. And then Saturday, we have a big run or like a track, track session. And then Sunday, you get a full day off. So... What's a big run? How many miles? Uh, not that many, not, not as big as some of these people that are running in terms of these these runners who are avid runners. No. But it'd be about fifty minute over the park in Hainault Forest. That's still, that's, that's still, especially that yeah. trail running. Trail running, and you're also easy. doing sprints with that. You, you know that big hill, Hainault Forest. When you go yeah. in the car park, we we'll do sprints up there, and yeah. then we will run back. So, so once we've done seven k through the forest, and then I think it's seven k on the way back. So that was a big one. Yeah, like with sprints in between. But the harder part is when we do um, track running. Because the plodding running's all right, or short distance running, I'm good at either either long or short. But we do middle distance, or for me, it seems like middle distance, like 800 meter runs, and that's what I I find very challenging. Really? I remember one time I done it with Mark. I, I rang up Mark and said, "Mark, I really feel like I need to do a bit more training." And he he took it he took it very uh, seriously, and he said, "All right, I'll give you an hard session." And I was literally running around the track afterwards. So I've done five 800 metres with a minute break, then five 400 metres with a minute break in between, and then five 200, five 100. So it's a lot of running. Yeah. And I was warming down. I was like, my breath ain't coming back. It's not coming back. Normally I'm back by now. And I was hyperventilating for 20 minutes walking around the track. Because he said, don't give up, John. Don't stop. If you stop, I'm going to see the weakness in you. And when someone's like, it felt like a challenge. Yeah, like, yeah, didn't yeah. didn't want me to break down. So yeah, it wasn't... Uh, and you was it a pleasant experience. You strike me as the sort of person, if someone says that to you, that just yeah. fucking, you know yeah, what I mean? Makes you go wanna, more. want to go yeah. more. But sometimes I think in boxing, especially you've got to learn to be clever as well and not waste energy and not expend too much. So that's something I've learned as I go. You need to conserve energy, especially as you start moving into eight, 10, 12 round fights as well. And how did you, with Mark, when you say Mark, for people, give people give it context, Mark not very nice, Mark yeah. Tibbs, yeah. who's obviously your, your trainer. How did it work when you... You know, when did you start working with Mark? Was it obvious? Obviously, you you live in Gidea Park, which yeah. is Romford, and and his gym is in is Raynham. Yeah. So it's 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 um they're both in Havering, aren't they? London yeah. Borough of Havering. So you know, it seems like the obvious choice. But was it always obvious that you was going to go with Mark? How did it come about? 
Well, it all started, I, I turned pro, it all happened quite quickly. I turned pro in 2020, August 2020 with SJM and Sam Jones at the time who, who sort of gave me the chance. Mm. And then he said, well, you're in the same neck of the woods as Mark Tibbs. I always knew who Mark Tibbs was and his yeah. dad, Jimmy Tibbs, and he'd been training Dillian White at the time. And he said, why don't you go down and have a little trial with Mark? And after a couple of sessions, it just was a perfect fit. I got yeah. on with Mark really well. And he, as you said, it's in Raynham. He lives in Upminster. It's all local. A lot of boxers have to travel, go up north or go abroad to, to find a good trainer. But it just it's a really, it's a massive bonus that I can go 15 minutes down the road to the gym. Yeah. And we just get on very well and it gels, gels perfectly. Yeah. So we've got a long way to go, but the improvements from fight to fight, they're only like three, four, 5% jumps, but you can see mm. the little bits of improvement. But if you measure that over one to seven fights, I've probably made a big big improvement under Mark, which I'm, I'm very grateful for. Yeah, I mean, well, he's, he's, he's fought some great fighters, yeah. uh, uh, trained some great fighters, yeah. Billy Joe, uh, Dillian White. Yeah. Does he work with Dillian now? No, he doesn't anymore. He's with, uh, Dillian was with a guy called IQ, Xavier Miller, and then he's moved on to a new guy called Buddy McGirt for his last fight. Mm. But I think Dillian has his best years under Mark. Mm. They, I think they went 10 or 11 fights undefeated. Yeah. Beat Joseph Parker, beat... Uh, uh, a guy called Robert Hellanius. Yeah, beat some good names, Oscar Rivas. So, some great, some great nights he's had with uh, with Mark, and because Mark just knows his boxing inside out. Yeah, uh, what what I love about the whole thing of you know you training in a random or, or is it Origin? The Origin, or, gym, Origin yeah. gym. Yeah, I remember the only time I've been to Origin, I went to a pimps and hoes party when I was sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> it was my mate that you yeah. know actually. Yeah. It was his birthday party. <laughs> Pimps and O's. And then actually my mate had a 21st birthday there as well. Yeah. And I never knew when I was like, oh, fucking Origin, that's where you, where you yeah. train. Um, but what I love about it is, is obviously I think a big thing of, of your journey and what people love, you know, you're the run for a ball. It's like everyone locally getting behind you. Oh, yeah. And I love the fact that Mark Tibbs there, like I said, he lives in Upminster. The gym's yeah. in Ray, the gym's in Raynham. Yeah. You know, it all, it all feels very much like your, yeah. your whole story, the whole thing you're about, the whole brand, it's all steeped in the area that Local, you're from. Yeah. And I love that. And that's the beauty of where we live around here. You know it as well. People get behind you when yeah. you're from around here. It's very good in Essex and East London. I know it's, you've I've seen a lot of your sketches on where we're Essex and East London. I always say we're from East London, but we're really in Essex way in Chelmsford or something like that. Yeah. But there's a lot of crossover there. Of course there is, And yeah. there's... Um, people in this sort of vicinity really get behind each other. Yeah. Whether that's West Ham Football Club or local boxers coming through, mm. people are, are really uh, are really supportive, which is great because it makes a massive difference for boxers coming through. It's very difficult for a lot of boxers to to get traction or to get support early on, but I'm very grateful that I've I've been I've received that. I think I think out of everything though, boxing is one of those things. If there's a good local boxer. Yeah. It's something about boxing where people just get behind that person. You're almost look, you know, like the, you're almost like the fighting pride mm. of that area. Definitely, do you I know what I mean? Kevin Mitchell was one of them. As Kevin well. Mitchell. I support. mean, obviously, I went to school in in Hornchurch. Yeah, and I, I just I, I can remember talking to my mate Bill, and I was like, I think he's great with Johnny at the moment because it just seemed it's like galvanising the area a bit. You know, everyone in Essex, it's just everyone. Feel, I feel like people feel a big attachment towards Johnny. Um, and he goes, yeah, he goes, the only person I can think that's ever been like that um, was, last person was Kevin Mitchell. Yeah. I remember being in school and I mean, obviously 
when you're in Hornchurch, it's majority West Ham fans. Yeah. A lot of people in my school were mostly West Ham. So he was a big West Ham boy. He was having his world title fight at Upton Park. But he's from Dagenham's. It wasn't a million miles right. away from Hornchurch. So it really was that, oh, you know, he's he's sort of our guy sort yeah. of thing. Um, and even with, there's been a lot, obviously, there's a lot of fighters from this neck of the woods. But I feel like there hasn't been that sense of that since no. And it has been, it's been really good to see how it's sort of grown. When I first uh, had my first fight and my debut behind closed doors, I never envisioned it to get to the stage it's got to now. And I always knew I'd have support because when I went down to Exeter University and thought there, I brought 500 people with me. Yeah. And that was family and friends, but now it's sort of extended beyond that. And it is a massive part of it being from Essex and Romford and around this area, but it's sort of grown to where my university was up north. I've got fans in Ireland, so it's getting bigger and bigger, which is I'm, I'm very grateful for. And the social media has helped as well, oh, you know. with Big John eating prawn Big John. Well. I mean, prawns. Big John or Wilbur Truss. Yeah. I think people just, you know, it's it, that, that has helped. Yeah, definitely. massively. And I think it's just a way of, like, on social media and stuff, we just this is what we would normally have done anyway, just be yeah. normal. We just try and give people <laughs> an insight into our what our crazy household is like. So yeah. that's I think that's why people buy into it, you know. Definitely. Before the like before the boxing, like what what were what were the plans? Like because obviously your dad said you were studying is it history at yeah. university, um, and you, you sort of quite um, you you quite studious yeah. uh, from from what he told us. What what did what were the plans like when you were at uni? Did you have a sort of vision where what career you wanted to head in or anything? Yeah, so my plan was to do the history degree and then do a GDL or a graduate diploma in law and do a conversion into that and maybe become a barrister or solicitor because I'm probably a barrister because I like the idea of going to court and going to see clients and things like that. And yeah, bit bit not just a normal office job like you, no. a few different challenges. Bit of uh, excitement. Yeah, a bit of excitement, but obviously. As we know, Corona came along and um, it, it threw everything up in the air. But just before that, I was asked to go and spar Joe Joyce in Las Vegas and I couldn't believe it. And I thought, what an opportunity that would be. Yeah. And it was like the same time when my exams were going to be, like just February, March time, getting into my exams in April. So it was a bit of a risk to go there, but I thought I've got to take it and see what happens. And then during that time, Corona hit and then we were stuck in Vegas, didn't know what's going to happen, what was going on. And I, the next thing I know, I wasn't looking at doing my degree properly or going to do my GDL. I still finished my, my degree. The next thing I know, I was just selling meat on the back of my van with my dad to try and keep our business going. So that's what we was doing for the next however long lockdown lasted. Mm. And um, I really enjoyed that, to be fair. It was it was hard work. We was working long, long hours every day, but we were just trying to turn money around. So my immediate thoughts weren't about my boxing. I was still training when I could, when I got home and finishing my degree off, but... We went into like sort of survival mode and then yeah. out of that Sam Jones and SJM Boxing at the time it was Sam Jones they said why don't you just turn pro and give it a go and, and see where we end up and now we're here just building one step at a time so as you said it, it was my initial focus was on being a being a lawyer or being something along them lines and, and sticking to my studies but it's funny how life works out I just sort of flipped it a bit and now now we're here Do you reckon in another life you could you would go back into that and like I think if I if it worked out differently, I would be I would be up in the city somewhere doing that. But I've, I'm not going to lie; I really much prefer doing this and, yeah. and doing this and going to train. I love I love training. So if I can spend my days training, forget about everything else, just doing that every single day and being able to do that as your job is a blessing in itself. So 
I can't complain at all. Yeah, and if you become a barrister, you know what I mean. I, yeah. I don't think you'd be able to wear the stony. No, exactly. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think that uh, we've, that ship has flown a little bit. That ship Imagine that you rocking up and just in the court yeah. roll like, with the old like the wig on, and then just Maybe like, like a all Stone the... Island suit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so get the badges. We're, got, we're going to <laughs> we're doing a barrister's calls Romford style. Yeah. <laughs> Get the badge in. You wanna, but <laughs> do you know what? I've been in that Rob for Crown Court. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been there as well. I'm Fucking not, ropey, man. I've not done anything wrong, but I was in there. Yeah. Was sure. you? Yeah. No, I, done, I did do something all. wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> when, it's when, I, it's when I got done, I was when I got done for drink driving. Yeah. And I was just like, I was fucking. I mean, I was, how old are you now? Twenty three. Twenty three. I was. Oh, fuck, I think I was 19. Yeah, right. So, um, and I was just like, yeah. the it's, it's like, it's not a crown court, was it a magistrate? Yeah, magistrate. So it's yeah. like little things. So there was a geezer, the geezer before me in the dock and I'm there and you've got to wait till you go in next, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you hear their story. This geezer had been nicked because he kept in, he was in the Harold Hill petrol station yeah. kept in nicking fucking chocolate bars Kit Kats <laughs> out of the petrol station just like turned yeah. up in like a track suit yeah. and like no teeth and I'm like is this <laughs> what my life bars. has fucking come yeah. to <laughs> stealing chocolate bars I think I'm half thinking let that the guy live that was your wake up call that was your wake up call yeah, yeah. No. no but it's you, but I you... turned up with a suit and that and I think that's why half I got I didn't probably get yeah, as yeah. No. tough of punishments I should have done no but you, you done it right. You 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 worked out the magistrates court out to play him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was a bit tearful. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, I've done that. I'm picturing so. it now. I was only acting. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, obviously I was saying to your dad, like I, I just remember you from being younger, you know, like when my mate was um was running the Havering district team. Yeah. And obviously I've always been a little bit smaller. My mate was taller. Yeah. And we just honestly why I love your story is like, I can remember a few years ago, my mate went to me, oh, do you know that geezer? Basically, when we done the trials, I went over to give a yeah. second opinion. If you've listened yeah. to the Big John episode, you've heard this already, right? But we were laughing because there was this kid playing centre half. Oh, we were 19 at the time. Who was the fucking size of me? <laughs> and it was him. And it was well, him. And you always had this, like you got now, you've got these deep set, like, brows. brows yeah. So, like, you just look like he's about to kick someone's fucking head in. <laughs> just a meathead. Yeah, yeah, and they were laughing. And yeah. I was laughing. I was making jokes at the time. I was like, if this little kid kicks off, I was like, I can't do shit. Like, <laughs> he would take me 100%. Um, and seeing your dad and we thought your dad was such a character yeah, at the no, time it's funny it's good I, great memories playing football Like we all grew up, grew up playing football didn't we and it was yeah. great for me to get in the district side it was to play with some of well. well the yeah. reason you got in there is because you was a lump yeah. and you was like they like big centre halves yeah. and you were just you were just a presence Listen, back there I was decent at heading the ball tackling and clearing the ball if you put the ball to my feet I would have panicked you was a brick wall yeah I'm not I'm not a ball player I'll just have a go at it a typical Brexit centre half. Yeah. So that's all I, that's all I could do. But I could do that job. He was a, yeah. he was a Tony Adams. Was a Tony he was Adams. also from Romford. Yes, yes. And I tell you what, my 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 mate's dad, right? He used to run the team. He used to take they're, like they're nine year olds playing at the time, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Take it very seriously. Yeah. Like for them, it's like international. Yeah. You know what I mean? In his mind, he's Gareth Southgate. Oh, tell yeah. Salvatore what he told your mum or your dad. Who uh, who's that? Who told me what? 
told you um, that story told me when Roy said oh yeah 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 well basically I was just uh, I was finishing a game with playing Chelmsford and how old were you at the time I was about, I was about 10, 11 12 <laughs> years old and I was always a big lump like yeah. I was carrying a little bit but still mobile a little bit yeah. like, I was still was active right. and then I just come off the pitch it was just been Christmas and I obviously loaded up on a bit of food <laughs> like gone too much and then Roy pulled my dad to the side and said John yeah Johnny, Johnny did well but you just gotta he's gotta watch his weight a little bit <laughs> I know it's been Christmas and he's probably put a little bit too much on. And I thought, like, I thought what, what's wrong with me? I ain't done anything, but no. I funny. love that, love. But yeah, if you meet this guy, he's the loveliest Roy geezer. He's the loveliest geezer. And Tom as well, his son, who obviously yeah, you know. Yeah, he's the loveliest geezer. But just that district team was his life. Yeah. yeah. And then, but to tell an 11 year old, listen, mate. Stop eating his pies. You've got to lose some fucking yeah. weight, son. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you'll get, or you'll be on the bench next week. No, but yeah, I always, I remember I was at my, my amateur coach as well, at boxing in uh, uh, Brentwood, longer, Alan Bush. Unbelievable guy. Really, one of my mentors when I was growing up. I love him. But it's always, it's always been the same. I've not struggled with my weight, but I've always been a bit chunkier than the other kids. Mm. And I come into my training session one day, like I was 13, 14 years old, and I go, Johnny, you know what I'm going to ask you? What have you ate today? <laughs> and I said, and it started off all right. Yeah, my porridge in the morning, very good. And he said, but he said, but what did you have at break time, Johnny? Tell me what you had at break time. I said, three sausage rolls. <laughs> must top them cake and then it just gets progressively worse and worse so I've had to have a battle with my food like my dad we love our food so but I've realised now I've, and I've sort of I've got a good system but I've yeah. always been one of the kids who's been a big kid and it, and it but I don't yeah, think that's a bad too, thing mate. because now but look, you know I'm what I think I'm, I'm big I'm strong I'm a, I'm a proper athlete now. yeah, yeah I, th I think a lot of that food has, has also given you that strength what you've got exactly um, well, and you I can see your your just physique you, I think your natural physique yeah. It's like, it, it it's almost built that you can eat that food. Yeah, Do you yeah. see what I mean? And when I, when when I have kids, I'm gonna I'm gonna feed them up. I'm gonna make them big and strong. I've been around <laughs> yeah. other kids' houses when I was young, and I I've been around one house and they got chicken nuggets out and they got pizzas out and they cut the chicken nuggets into fours, and I was like. <laughs> What the hell's going on here? Like, <laughs> I go around other kids' houses, and I didn't, the culture around food is completely different to our yeah. house. Like yeah. in our house, we're encouraged to eat anything and everything whenever we can. Yeah, but people it's funny you can see see a lot of different people and their relationship with food is so different mate you're, from, pre you're preaching to the choir I come yeah. from an Italian household yeah exactly you know, so you just you know. fed non-stop yeah you know what I mean like, yeah. even when like, I was a fat kid as well yeah. like, I was I was and I didn't have the height that you no. <laughs> do you know what I mean so, <laughs> so it all just went out but yeah. um, there is that it's because it, I don't know it's, it, it, I think especially from like parents down to kids it's sort of like so, so some parents express their love for their kids. Yeah, you know what I mean, they want to feed definitely. them, they want to look after them. Well, my dad and, and granddad, I remember I used to, after every football match, I'd have a McDonald's or whatever. We'd go and have a pub lunch somewhere. And then my granddad would always try and say, don't tell your mum and dad you had McDonald's because they'll <laughs> ask me again, have you had McDonald's? And then every time we got back, he was the one who let it slip. I can't lie to him. <laughs> You've had McDonald's. All right, he's had McDonald's. I've let it go. Because I was all, it's just, I've always been a chunky kid, but yeah, yeah, everyone's always Well, I comment. see pictures of your dad when he was younger and he's your age. Yeah. He fucking mate he's got physique like you yeah, like yeah. lean yeah. but I don't know if he lifted weights but you know some people don't have to lift weights yeah. and they've just got that natural yeah. they've got the shoulders they've got the chest big, yeah he was always just naturally I think when he was 13 14 he was like a foot taller than everyone else he's one of them yeah. kids that matured a lot quicker than everyone else so mm. yeah that's he, where you get your height from isn't it really yeah, your, yeah, your old man tall. my, my nan's dad was 6 foot 6 so he's tall. that's he? why William's 6 foot my brother is 6 foot 6 6, six foot 7 yeah. so, he's the tallest one isn't he 19 so he might even grow a little bit more yeah, he probably will yeah. yeah 
So growing up, were, were you, did you find yourself like being like, so I had like sort of big mates in school and when we started going out and stuff, they, they, they were like a bit of a target. You know, when people get Larry and they get yeah. like drunk. They, they look at the biggest geezer in the club and they think, oh, I'm going to fucking start on him. Oh, definitely. You always get that. It's not just big people, people who fight or boxers or people. That's what's one thing you've got to contend with. But I've just never been interested in fighting outside of the ring. Just mm. do it in, in I'm the sure ring. you've had a lot of people sort of, yeah, try and test, you know, like yeah. Ram Rumford and that. Yeah. Bro, like around the Because I remember going to like the brewery and like Ram run from the market and that when like on a Saturday it's what yeah. I do with my mates really yeah, yeah. and we go Harold Lodge Park yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. and um, there was really that there was really that culture and obviously I'm from Brentwood when I went out of Brentwood I didn't feel it as much no. definitely in Romford yeah, definitely. it was like that was regular thing of like oh you will have someone fucking stick it on you really yeah, yeah. you know but I, I I, I didn't get it as much. I think, well, because I, you know, I look like a lesbian, really, when I was <laughs> when I was 14, you know. I, I didn't puberty. I had yeah. all the spiky hair. I look yeah. like a lesbian, you yeah, know. But right. as you, I imagine you, you know, you got it a lot more. Well, for 80, 90% of people, they'll people are friendly. Most people you meet and you go out, they're yeah. as good as gold. And if you are a big guy, most people will leave you alone anyway. Mm. But there's always that one guy who's out there trying to trying to test himself. But... I just see no point of trying to have a fight outside. Oh. I had one fight at school and that was all I've had. That's the only fight I've ever Did had. Did you win? Have. Yeah, I won. <laughs> <laughs> I was only 11 years old and it was... Was ya? Yeah, but it was, uh, it was... That was all I needed to do, put it that way. And then I got left alone for the rest of school and I never want to look for fights anyway. You only fight no. as a last resort. That's what my dad's always taught me. Yeah. Never, ever fight. There's no, nah. there's no... And you look back and you think... And even when you have arguments with people, verbal arguments, you end... There's no point having an argument with people. Just walk away. Just relax. Mm. As long as you're not, no one's in danger or you're under an immediate threat. If you've got the chance to walk away and you, you're going to not have to rise up, rise up to anything and not get wound up, you're the one who's won. Do you know what? It's ego, I think, mm. with a lot of people. Yeah. Like, um, I think you've got no, and, and that's why I think a lot of boxers don't get an egg because like they've got no ego. It's like they're going in yeah. day in, day out, having proper tear-ups with people. Like they've got nothing to prove, Yeah, you know, and I, and I as often when I see people having confrontations like that, it is it is ego. It's to prove something to people. It's to prove something. Yeah. Like I get I get all things said to me online. You know what I mean? Yeah. All different sorts of things. Definitely. And if I if I um, if I really had an ego, I'd be oh, you you fucking can't call me up. Like <laughs> you just got to go. All right, that's that's cool. That's yeah, exactly. You know, you're in the public. That's what I say. When I listen, I get 90 percent of my stuff's good. You get. Whatever you do in the public eye, yeah. people are gonna have a have a go at well, but a go as well. But we're in the public eye; we've put ourselves there. Yeah. So you're gonna be open to criticism, and they're still watching, they're still commenting. So yeah, more for them. Exactly, more for them, and you yeah. just got to think there's almost like you don't even know who they are, no. basically. So, so why are you like, gonna get wound up over? Why it? you know yeah. you're commenting because. Well, really, you're up there and they're down there. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> no, what it is. No, so no, that's yeah. a good thing about boxing and MMA and stuff like that as well, isn't it? It's just like it, you do have to sort of leave your ego at the door, don't you? Yeah. Because you can't fight with your emotions. Can no, you? you can't. Not at all. And the thing with heavyweight boxing, especially, or heavyweight any any combat sport, any sport in general, it can all end like that. It can yeah. all end straight away. So you've got to be humble. You've got to be confident in your own ability, but you're also very aware that this could be over in a shot. So. There's no point bigging yourself up or being arrogant. It's a very tough sport, and it's a it's a sport you go into with someone trying to cause physical harm to you. So you've got to be ready for anything. And I think um, I've all, I always say to people, I'm, I said I think one of your biggest strengths is your mentality. Yeah. Is the fact that like you're a smart guy, 
you switched on. I don't, I mean, listen, I don't know loads of boxers. I've watched tons of IFL yeah. with old yeah. Coogan, yeah, you know, I don't like, and, and, and Boxing Social. Yeah. I just do, but I just see like a humility and intelligence about you, which I think other people don't yeah. necessarily have. And I think that's one of your biggest strengths. And I'm a big believer in, obviously you've got natural ability, yeah. right? But I think often it comes down to, right, who works the hardest, who lives the best life, you know? Definitely. Not just in boxing, but in anything. Definitely. I see it a lot in comedy. Definitely. I see people that are naturally really good at doing stand-up, yeah. but they ain't got the mentality, they've not got the work rate, right. you know? It's and then I see people life. that are bang average, but because they're yeah. absolute grafters, mm. they have good careers. Well, it comes back to football. How many footballers yeah. you must have seen? The amount of footballers I've seen growing up who are unbelievably talented, but they get pushed away by booze or by girls and they get distracted they could have been brilliant but it's the ones that just keep going and keep going and keep going and as you said it's the same for comedy it's the same for boxing it's the same for any walk of life it's the people that just keep plucking away yeah. keep working hard i think back to when i was 18 uh, 19 at university i was training because i loved it i was coming backwards and forwards from university from exeter to the repton to do sparring up there after playing rugby on a wednesday mm. for 80 minutes it's just i was doing it because i love it and because you enjoy it and if you're doing that you're just going to keep gradually improving yeah, and as you yeah. said i'm never i'm not the most technically gifted in the minute and i've got a lot to work on but because i kept plucking away and i've got a little bit of power yeah. and i've got a little bit of ability but i've got self-belief and i've got that work ethic, the work ethic's the thing that will just keep you improving. Yeah, 100% agree. What do you, what do you, who do you think's been the toughest person you've fought or sparred so far? Oh, we have had, me and Joe Joyce have had proper digs and hard spars because he just can't don't stop. Him out. No, it's just impossible. Like, I've, I've hit people with some shots and it staggers them or drops them and it's, it's hard work. But with Joe, he'll have a little stagger back and he'll just reset <laughs> and come again. And you've unlocked level two because once you catch him, he just thinks, oh, I've got to get you back now. And then you catch him again, oh, I've got to step it up even more. So the more you aggravate him, the harder it gets to spar him as well. And I was out in Vegas with him recently and he was he was on a different level to what I've seen before. So that's good for me because I'm learning all the time and that makes me better. And yeah. By the end of it, our spars were, you'd pay to watch the spars. That's what really? I was told. So it was, it, was, it was brilliant and it's great for my experience as well. Because he says, am I right in thinking, Joe says he's, that you've hit harder than anyone he's yeah, we've, come we've, across. We've had proper, and you can tell like, he, he feels it, but he's just impervious to it. Like, how, how can he soak up punches like that? I don't get it. Have you heard the bone density story of him? He's he went he done t uh, bone density testing at Saracens Rugby, right? Uh, at the Allianz, and the mo most rugby players are two times that of a normal human being, like their bone density. He was five or six times that of a normal really? human being. So you could probably hit him with a baseball bat, and he could keep on coming. That's why the Wilder <laughs> fight's so interesting with Joe Joyce because yeah. if he can take that. It's just, it's just. It beat never him. seen anything like it. Yeah, ever. yeah. I think he's got a great chance against anyone in the in the heavyweights. I think it'd be interesting to him if he Joshua. Yeah, I'd I like to see that. Yeah, that's. A I great think. Fight. I think. I think. Given how he soaks up those punches, yeah. I think he built beats Wilder. You know, yeah. I, I think. But then that is a great fight for him because in America. Yeah. But I actually think that Wilder. The way that he sort of picks and chooses his fights, he's never going to fight Joe Joyce. No one wants to fight Joe Joyce because they know it's nah. a hard night's exactly. work. Even Fury, listen, I still think Fury's the top dog. He's probably he's the favourite going into that fight against Joe Joyce, but he knows he's going to have a twelve round war where he's going to have to keep Joe Joyce off of yeah. him for twelve rounds. And yeah, trust me, doing it for five or six rounds is hard enough. You know, you're not big gloves. going to knock him out, really. No, yeah, you've got to outbox him for twelve rounds. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're recording this on uh, the Saturday of the uh, Chisora Fury fight. Um, oh yeah, quite. Yeah. I even forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean, I'm, I mean, 
might be a silly question to some people, but like, who do you think will win? Where are you watching the match tonight? That sort of stuff. Yeah, um, I've got uh, actually, I've got one of my sponsors. You know, Gary Bird. You know, Gary Bird, don't you? Gary Job. Bird, MK recruit. Right? Seen. Yes. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I've met him over Brentwood football. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, really, yeah. One of my. Yeah, you met him. Over, I'm one of your first I'm sponsors. Yeah. My, my first yeah. ever sponsor. Really good guy. But he's got a little. Uh, it's a surprise. He, we're going around to Brentwood Kitchen tonight to watch it, and the boxing's on there. Nice. But um, yeah. Um, so I think Tyson Fury is going to win like yeah. 99% of people yeah. but I'm happy for Derek Chisora at the same time he's got another another great payday, payday. he's been a great servant of British boxing as well entertaining and he's entertainment isn't he mm. I know he's probably going to listen he's probably going to lose going into that fight but he don't care mm. and he'll give it a good old swing will he he'll mm. be entertaining while it lasts and if he does listen it's heavyweight boxing if Fury has an off night yeah. Derek Chisora will make him pay I sparred Derek Chisora as well before my last fight and he's still, he's still there. He's still wiry. It's he's tough. He's just tough. He's, it's tough. And he's always in front of you. So yeah. unless you're going to knock him out, which is a big chance Tyson Fury can, until you knock him out, he's going to be knocking on that yeah. door all night. So mm. similar to Joyce in a way, not as intense, but he's just going to be in front of you. So it's, it'll be entertainment while it lasts. He's got no fear, has he, Jazura? No. No. Um, I see that against, you know, I can't remember who was fighting last time. Who did he beat? Pulev. Was it Parker? Pulev. 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 Yeah. And, um, he just, it's almost like if you rock Chisora, it almost like... Yeah, it spurs him on a bit. Spurs him on, yeah. like, it, 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 yeah. it raises, you know what I mean, raises yeah. something in him. And he's been in he's been in some good fights. He's been in some fights where it's like not been entertaining at all. It's no. Like, but I think back to when he fought Vitaly Klitschko, I was watching that as a young kid and he gave it a great good go. And Vitaly Klitschko is one of the best of that 2000s era. Probably mm. the best with Lennox Lewis or someone like that. And um, he always gives it a go when he, when he has to step it up, so... Entertain it'll be entertaining. They're great characters as well, Fury mm. and Chisora. So the build up's been fun and I'm sure we'll have a bit of uh, excitement on the night. Have you sparred Tyson this camp? Not this camp. No. no last no, one. The last one. Well we I sport sparred him just before when he fought uh Deontay Wilder for the third time. Right. And that was brilliant to be in there, see how we trained. He was still very uh conscious about COVID at the time as well. So it's just me, Sugar Hill, his trainer. Fury and the two or three other sparring partners. So nice. it was great just to be up there and see how he's a world champion, but he keeps it all so grounded as well. He's not got a flashy gym. It's just at the top of Morecambe Stadium. He's got a little, uh, little. Oh, really? Little the football there, pitch? In a, just the football pitch. And then just in the in one of the rooms on the side, there's a little gym upstairs. Oh, okay. And uh, it doesn't change whether you're a 1 0 professional or a 25 0 world champion. Yeah, I like that. You still got to put the work in no matter what you're doing. Mm. So it doesn't change. So yeah. it's nice to see that continuity and get bits of advice from him. Big John Fury was there as well and was just talking about how you've got one career. These promoters, they've got hundreds of other boxers. Managers got 20 other boxers. You've got one career, so make sure you do it correctly. Don't rush for anyone. Take your time. You're yeah. young, you're 22, 23. Just keep progressing one step at a time. And it made sense to me. And if you've got Tyson Fury and Big John Fury telling you that, you've got to the top of the mountain, surely you've got to take that advice on board. You've got no rush at all. No. Because he, Tyson was like, Tyson was, I mean, has, has had so many fights before. He was fighting at that sort of world yeah, level. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you're in no rush at all. No, of course. And listen, the test will come. I've had people, like, like the last guy I fought was meant to be, he's going to take me four or five rounds. He's tough. He's had 100 amateur fights. Bearing in mind, I've had 10, which is, listen, I've still had an amateur career, but mm. when you turn pro, you normally had 50, 60. Some people have had 100 fights. So. Yeah. I'm 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 ticking the boxes at what I need to be ticked at the time, and yeah. this is my apprenticeship stage. And as we move up to ten and 0, 15 and oh, then you then you get pushed on even more. But I'm passing all the tests so far. That's the most important thing. That's all you can do. Yeah, 
What do you, what do you think of uh, what has uh, has Eddie Hearn as a promoter? Oh, he's brilliant, isn't he? He's the, he's, he's the best one out there. He's the man. I keep when when you said that, I just pictured you in your Eddie Hearn outfit <laughs> again. Yeah, that's hilarious. That was hilarious. You but, met him the other day because when yeah. he produced it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I met him because uh, he came on Big Nasty Show. I was working. Oh on yeah, that. did he? And uh, yeah, it's funny because he was just honestly like like so he's he's like the ideal booking for a TV show. Yeah. Um, because he's just got so much fucking charisma and personality. Yeah. And just bouncing off of the host like so comfortably, he did like a rap at the end. Yeah, that was and he, he just absolutely it, he smashed it. You know what I mean? Like he's just he's 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 just one of those characters. He just sort of you know comes alive. And we we did this little thing where we told him um, you know try and sell Big Nasty as a fighter. And he just went off into this spiel straight away. And it really? was just like, you know, waxing lyrical. Like, yeah, it was good. so good. He's very, like, very good at yeah. what he does. And I think what helped when I first went with him, he gets it because he's from, he, obviously, gets Natural it. Gym is from Romford. His dad's from Dagnum. So he's yeah. from our neck of the woods. And yeah. we was with Barry Earn uh, at the the White Franklin fight uh, last week. And his dad, he's just, he's done it all himself as well. He's, yeah. he, he's self-made. self-made. Yeah. And you could just tell he's got, he's got acres and acres of personality and charisma as well yeah. so they're great people to have back in you people guiding your career and they are still the best in the business so 100% yeah I love yeah. that you're in Matchroom yeah because that's uh, yeah I'm yeah that's that's Matchroom I mean I, I, like, I like Queensbury you know yeah. don't get me wrong Frank and um, Frank Frank Warren is a character I like all the characters yeah. in boxing but I'm definitely more of a team matchroom, hundred yeah. well, percent. Especially the matchroom gym used to be in Romford, where that uh, that Brazilian place used to be near the. Oh, is that the where it club. was? It used to be there because yeah. I know the snooker club was there. Yeah, yeah, but there it was, was also a boxing a gym, gym as well. Yeah, and Chris, ah, interesting. Like Chris Eubank used to go there, and Nigel Ben and people like that. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, in the heart of Romford. it's uh, right in the heart of Romford, and I think that's when I first turned pro because obviously I had I had four senior fights and six juniors. It's not really a lot of uh, experience, and they sort of took a punt on me. When they when I was called the Romford Ball, and they they said they liked that, and I thought, right, we'll give it a go, and we just sort of built it from there, and it's it's yeah. good that we've got that affinity, and uh, long may it continue. Yeah, hundred percent. We um we asked uh, Eddie Hearn on the I did his research chat for the show, and I asked him about uh, the YouTube boxers. We asked your dad about the YouTube boxers as well. Like yeah, um I think sort of like uh what some people say, and it's part of like why it's so popular is that. You've got these real big personalities yeah. on YouTube, and then they've already got their following. People know exactly what exactly. they're like, yeah. and they transfer over to this 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 sport. Um, obviously, they're never going to be as like good as the, the 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 pro boxers. Like, what what are your thoughts on it? Is it do you do you think that it's uh, a positive thing for the sport um, overall, or do you think what what are the pitfalls of it yeah. that you see? The, well, as you said, these guys have got just say they've got five million followers. If ten percent of them go and watch them fight, or even one percent, they're selling. They're putting bums on seats in stadiums. Mm. So that's the commercial appeal of it. And don't get me wrong, people like Jake Paul, I sort of recognise him as a proper boxer now because he's dedicated himself four or five years to the craft, and he's we've seen improvements in him. But I was watching the show the other night, and I thought, what the what on earth is going on yes, here? Terrible. The people who can't fight at all. It's not safe. It's not mm. safe. You go to an amateur gym. You'd have to probably train for six months before you they put them guys into a ring yeah. to to have a proper fight. So there's pitfalls of it definitely, and we don't want to see proper traditional boxers. What the sport's all about? People going in and training, giving their life, giving their dedication to it. 
we don't want to see them fall at the wayside. But it's a fine balance because it is tapping into a new audience as well. There's people who follow KSI, who follow Jake Paul, who then come and watch boxing and then they might become fans of Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua or yeah. even guys who are coming through, prospects as well. So it's where do you draw the line? Do you? I don't think you can let some of them guys fight straight away. Like I saw one girl just going in like this, like she was riding a horse going in like that. <laughs> I was like, it's just not, it's not acceptable. Yeah. No. It's not safe either. Someone's going to get seriously man. hurt. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the concern of a lot of people uh, that it's going to go wrong very publicly. Yeah. And then that might be, you know, the end of it. Um, I think I think you're really generous to say you see Jake Paul as a proper boxer. Yeah. I think that's really generous. Listen, not, not bad, you know, he's fought some MMA guys, but it's like... Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. No, he's, he's, not not, he's, yeah. not, he's not a proper he's boxer. It. So I like Jake. I actually like Yeah, him. listen, yeah. I, I, find him, I find him and his brother fascinating. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I find, I find the whole... I do find it interesting. Yeah. Um, but it, he's not a proper boxer. No. He, no. He's, he's, he's just not, you know, and it's... It's almost, almost. I feel like there, there are people always make similarities between boxing and stand-up comedy, and it's almost, it's almost similar. It's, a, it's almost similar as, as if someone's got a large following online maybe as a comedian yeah. you know and actually doing stand up comedy different, different. you know what I mean yeah, yeah it's, it's but but some people call them comedians whereas you know for me in my mind getting up on stage honing your craft like you would hone your craft yeah. for boxing hone your craft for five six years to to earn a right yeah. to do a comedy club for yeah. example you know so it that's 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 the way I see it really. I don't I don't see Jake no, Paul as a proper boxer. Don't get me wrong. I think I think if 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 he fought maybe likes of Tommy Fury, yeah. if he maybe had some fights against some some pros that that had you know some wins on their yeah. record, then yeah. yeah, I'd probably be more recognising. Well, I think that fight that if that gets made a Tommy Fury Jake Paul fight, that's the fight people still want to see. I know mm. it's been dilly dallying around for a good couple of years. It seems yeah, like yeah, while now, but. Forget forget that. We can debate whether Jake Paul's a good boxer and, and whether we can class him as a boxer. But some of the shows I've been seeing and these people literally cannot hold their hands no. up properly. These people don't know how to fight. That's the bottom line. They've never, they don't know like they've trained properly. I've heard the TikTokers and people going on afterwards saying, yeah, I didn't train properly for this fight. I only done it three weeks. I was doing it three times a week. Well, don't, don't dishonor yeah. the sport and get in there and do mm. it in front of thousands of people and, and think that's okay. But... It's the nature of the world we live in. If you can sell tickets and you can, uh, you've got a big following on, and you can get people to pay for pay per views, then there's a market for you. That's that's the way it is. I mean, it seems like that you've you've really got the you you struck the balance right, really, haven't you? Because you, you you are you know earning your stripes and you're doing it the right way, and also you do have that like yeah. social media following. You do have, you know, that there is, you know, you watch. I was watching the sketches with you and your dad when you're like, you know paying for the bill and stuff yeah. like that. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. They're really, they're really fucking funny, you know. They're and, really funny. And, yeah. and I've watched a few of those and, and it, you know, it shows a real human side to you that you yeah. don't normally get with boxers, professional yeah. boxers, or we haven't had that. No. Maybe like people like Tyson Fury more so. I mean, even like someone like you look at someone like AJ, like there's always a bit of a guard. There's yeah. always been a bit of a guard. 100% up there. always yeah. a guard. Like yeah. a, almost like a tough exterior. Like, like you can look at you just without looking at you, the way you speak, the way you can just tell you're fucking tough. You know what I mean? You're <laughs> tough as old boots, right? Yeah. But this is, I think that's why a lot of people love you, especially as a heavyweight boxer. The fact that you don't take yourself too serious and that you're down to earth mm, and that you're, definitely. you know, you're, you're jovial, you're, you're fun. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's, Typically, because I suppose of a boxer's ego, usually it's like, oh, I can take on anyone, you know. Yeah, they, but you know. the thing with that, like, you can put up a guard, you can try and pretend to be something you're not, but 
you can only maintain you can't maintain that for forever no. you've got to be you're honest and then if you're honest with people like I've always been honest with my career I'm just starting out I've got a long way to go then people have their expectations don't get too high yeah. of you either the only ex expectations should be the ones that you put on yourself they're the ones that matter but as you said about the the TikTok following and the, the following we've sort of grown you either have to adapt to what's happened now with all this new age of social media or you or you, or you fall to the wayside mm -hmm. so you've got to find that balance of a lot of boxers have got to do it as well. Just you've got to tap into that new side of it, but keep the traditional side of your boxer. You train hard, but you've got to appeal to people as well and putting across your personality. If people like it, they like it. If they don't like it, they won't watch. But fa thankfully, for for the minute, with Big John on the scene, people want to watch. Yeah, fucking hell, yeah. But it's all <laughs> your family though. They're all like all yeah, funny. It's all characters and stuff, and yeah. that's what I love about the Boami in general. The run for yeah. Boami, not just my immediate family, but my my uncles, my aunts. My, my friends and like the people we've we've met through it like yeah, yeah. Ginger Cabby and Tom Skinner there's yeah. all these different characters <laughs> there's all different characters in the Bull Army so yeah. it's great to see and that's what we want to be it's not just about the boxing side of it but it's you could honestly write a sitcom about all the people that we've got following the journey yeah. so that's what it's all about the people involved on the journey with you as well and do you, th do you think for a lot of boxers sort of um, coming up now do you think that's an element that gets overlooked, you know, just getting your personality across, you know, do you think, do you think more people are adopting that more people are taking to social media as part of like, it's just as important to sort of build that following as it is yeah. to train in the gym or. Oh, of course the training and boxing is the most important thing because that's what you've got. That's what you're here for. Your sport is boxing and your sport is fighting, but you've got to have boxing's entertainment as well. And it's about show business, it's about giving people a good night out or a good day out. That's what we've tried to create. You go to the pub before the fight, you all do a little bar crawl to wherever the fight is, then you have an after party afterwards. The boxing's the most important part for the boxer, but you've got to remember you're selling tickets to people mm. and you're trying to build a support base where people want to come and watch day in, day out or whenever your fights are. So that's what we've tried to create unintentionally, really. We've sort of created a day out for people, which has kept people interested and it's entertainment value at the end of the day, not mm. just thinking about the boxing, that's the fight and that's it. We want people to have a great day and they want to, we want people to remember going up to Sheffield and supporting up there or going to the Alley Pally and thinking about what happened over there. So it's, it's trying to marry it all together at once. Nice. You've got a um, Bullarmy Romford do, haven't you? 16th of December? Yeah, 16th of December at the jukebox in uh, in Romford. So it'd be good to see people down there. Nice. Where Co it's the old Co Show. Do you remember Co yeah, Show? Co -show yeah. yeah, it's always named like, that Co Show. And then there's that one on the corner, it used to be 131. Yeah. Yeah, mate, do you know what? Maybe we'll try and get down to that yeah, if you're definitely. through on the 16th. Yeah. We need definitely. a little that Josh James show night out, don't we? Yeah. Um. Um. So yeah, maybe we'll get down there. 100%. It'll be a good, good laugh. And obviously, like you know, obviously we, we, just touching on uh, all the the um, the the online stuff there. Like we asked your dad, you know, how, how he's found it. How have you found it with your old man being like such yeah. a big hit online? Well, I was thinking about this on the way up here. It was at, at like six months ago. It was like, oh yeah, Johnny's he's got his dad, Big Johnny, does all the Chinese, and he was sort of like the secondary part of it, which was great, and it was <laughs> it still is great now. But like the last, even just the last month. He's overtook me on followers. <laughs> He's gained about 50,000 followers in the last month. And now when we go out to these things, it's like, that's Big John's son. Like, it's <laughs> switched around, which is, which, is, which is great because my dad has worked hard his whole life and I'm, I'm happy that he's doing what he's doing and I'm part of that. And if 10% of the people that support him come and support me, 
we're, we're laughing. We're having a, we're, we're, that would be brilliant. So it's great to see that people are buying into it and it's, it's brilliant. If I'm doing well, he's doing well. If he's doing well, I'm doing well. And it's brilliant to see. How's really he done 50,000 in three months? I just don't understand, I can't understand it. <laughs> Where's it come from? I think he's had three or four uh, viral videos. Uh, right. I think he had one when he was talking about doing his general Chinese order. That one hit six million views on TikTok. And then there was another one, the one where he was doing the tri in the bill in the Italian restaurant. When oh, was yeah. That one. And then he was talking about the the stop oil protesters on the on the gantry, yeah. having a go at them. And I just think one after the other. And then all of a sudden, the whole England rugby team started following him. And yes, oh, really? they, the England cricket team are now playing his messages in the stra in the stadium. Before oh, really? the game. So That's it, jokes. It's just, he's gone to a new level. This is Big John's world. <laughs> and we're just living it. So, you know, there's no no competing with him. So, yeah. no, it's good fun. And he, he's, it's good to go to these events. We went to Reading last night. It was in... Me and William done one in Manchester and it, it's great to see, meet young people as well. That's what my dad was saying, to meet all these young people. And it, it's like different demographics we're reaching all the time. And it's great that people want to want to come and see Big John. It's just uh, But he's the quintessential English man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just like, if I was to be like, right, what does an English bloke <laughs> look like? Yeah, it's him. Like a caricature. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's fucking Big John, isn't it? Is. It's crazy. But yeah. it's just it's it's just transcending anything, and it's good because it's building it's building everything up, and it's getting more people he watching. Killed me the other day. They were getting requests on the, on the, on the Instagram stories about yeah. like, oh, should be a guest. Yeah, yeah. And he's like this person, that person. He's putting all up pictures of them. Yeah. Someone's put Josh James. He goes, yeah, Josh James might be good for a one-off. <laughs> 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 and then he put very funny man, but I was like. Oh, that killed me, Big oh. John. I was like, <laughs> he's I, was, done you there. I was like, that's killed me. He, he, he's not noticed what he's done there. No, no, he doesn't mean. That was like fucking dangerous. He he's still not te uh, technically savvy when it comes to social media. He doesn't know the, <laughs> the pros and cons and, and what nah. you've got to do or how you how the etiquette of it is. So he just speaks. I think that's why people like it because he's just honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like that generation of bloke in it. So my dad like he's just, yeah. you know. They just say it how it is, doesn't they? Say it like it yeah. is, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Has he had any uh, deals flying in from, uh, I don't even know what it would be, like Chinese restaurants, uh, I guess, sponsorship? It's not been no Chinese deals yet. So that's one he's, that's the most obvious one, but he hasn't had it. But we had something for Sports Direct the other day, right. the mega pint glass. And he's, oh, yeah. So the Chinese, and he's got to have a mega pint with a mega Chinese. But nice. uh, no, he's not really. He's not really had any flying in, but he's, the main thing that's sort of subsidising his income at the minute is them nightclub appearances up mm. and down the country. So, especially as his normal business, he buys and sells cheese, doesn't he? So, yeah, that's sort of after COVID has not really been the same, and the profit margin is not there. So, it's a lifeline that he's had these uh, these uh, appearances up and down the country. Tough but it's life, still, isn't it? it's just like we'll be driving to Swansea or Cardiff, and I'll just be in the car thinking, mate. What the what the fuck's going on? <laughs> my dad's going to a nightclub to throw prawn crackers. At <laughs> I don't get what's going on. And like, there's one guy said, "Yeah, we're going to get you a prawn cracker gun, and you're going to fire uh, a prawn cracker gun into the crowd." Like, we've got 200 gun. mince pies on Christmas Eve to throw out to people in Surrey as well. So because if, like, if 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 you never if no one had ever met you, didn't know who you was, and you're like, what "Oh, like, what's your old man do for a living?" And you're like, and then your head would go to. Uh, yeah, like him, like fucking feeding yeah. prawn crackers to like some eighteen-year-old kid. Like, oh, I love yeah, you, big John. You know what I mean? We were showing the video. It's just hand feeding prawn crackers to people. <laughs> it's just crazy. But he was in the pool once before one of the nightclub appearances. I think it was the first one he'd done. And he says, and she, he said, oh, I've got to do it. Someone asked him in the pool. 
oh yeah, we're, we're doing nightclub appearances tonight. Um, yeah, that's my first one. I'm pretty nervous. So he said, oh, what are, you, what are you there for? What are you famous for? And he didn't know what to say. He said, I just eat Chinese. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, it, all, though, it? that's all he does. That's what he is. He eats Chinese and loves an occasional burger as well. Do you know what your dad's a modern day version of the, the black geezer that was on a Halifax adverts? Yeah, Halifax Howard. Howard, yeah. Yeah, Howard, yeah. Have you seen the episode of him on The Office? Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Office, yeah. Oh, the office, yeah. yeah. personal appearances. When he's done a nightclub for age, yeah. Yeah, that's what I think of. We was driving through Reading yesterday and I was thinking... Big John's just a modern day David Brent, isn't he? He is. Uh, doing his <laughs> no, he's powers. Keith. He's Keith. Yeah, he's Keith. Yeah. <laughs> he's Keith. Uh, well, we, had, we had your your dad's Chinese order. I imagine yours might be a little bit smaller, oh, but yeah. what are we going for? I'm not nowhere near as good as Big John, but if I was to do it, the first thing on the list would be salt and chili king prawn, beef in black bean sauce, Singapore fried noodles, chicken chow mein, beef chow mein, sweet and sour chicken on Kong style, sweet and sour pork on Kong style. You've got to have pork balls, you've got to have chicken balls and prawn balls. And uh, I also like ginger in, uh, uh, beef and ginger and spring onion. But that'd be enough for me. I'm not as big as Big John. <laughs> and a pancake roll, bosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> love that. Well, we do this... Um, this is thing on the on the podcast where we just talk about uh, f- things that have wound us up recently, basically. Um, yeah. Now, because you're you know a heavyweight boxer, is there anything in boxing that really this section is called? It's it's called that's a liberty. That's a liberty. <laughs> that's a liberty. <laughs> is there uh, anything in boxing that that pisses you off, like, uh, or just anything in general? Uh, the first thing you said that pisses me off, I thought of Matt Hancock. That's the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> I know you've got a different uh, opinion, Jake. I, I don't. I'm, I'm in line with you, mate. I just think he treated that whole thing. I watched it all. He treated it whole, the whole thing as a political campaign. That's how I saw mm. it, to appeal to the masses. What did your dad text me the other day? It's probably something inappropriate. Um, no, it was... So I was obviously saying, so So two two the two comedians in there this year yeah. were... Um, they got both good friends of mine, basically. Babbleton Day and Sean. Babbleton Day and Sean, yeah. Um, what did your dad text me? And this is a, this is another <laughs> thing of like... No filter. No, no filter. And I... I <laughs> he's talking about Sean Walsh, right? Yeah. So I've put up... I've put up a thing which says like, follow... You know, support Sean yeah, yeah, yeah. or Definitely. listen to him on the podcast. Yeah. We've got Sean and Bubba Tunde. And then your dad's just messaged me, who is this bloke, Josh? And I went, Sean Walsh, comedian. He's in the jungle at the moment. And I've done tour support with him. He goes, oh, okay. I know I've got a clue where any of the lot are this year. <laughs> <laughs> probably, only, he probably wants to go in there himself. <laughs> only that cunt, Matt Hancock. Oh. That's why I won't watch it. <laughs> and I said, maybe I'm too forgiving. He said, trust me, mate. He can't be forgiven. No. <laughs> I will not watch anything with him on it. Piss take the money he is getting. But it all corrected to puss take. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I agree. I do agree. I, I agree with him. Yeah. yeah. Nah, mate. And I, I, mate, I mate, you're right. I just... Do you know what, mate? I'm the I sort know. of person, I don't really hold grudges and no. all that sort of Josh thing. Josh is but... very fickle. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not me fickle. I mean, like we, I, I think you I'm very easy, easily swayed. Yeah, you were yeah, easily yeah. won over by it. Yeah, I'm, easy, I'm Listen, easily won over by anyone. This probably fuck. be, but I'll probably be the same as you. If I met him and he was all exactly right. Exactly that. Do you know I, what? I'll still be in the back of my mind. He's a fuck it. I've met a lot of, I've met a lot of uh, comedians or celebrities that I thought, oh, they're a prick. And yeah. I meet them actually, actually they're just a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but as I said before, if you feel that way about Matt Hancock, I think you're totally justified. Yeah. I'm just, it just, I'm the sort of person where I don't, I don't well, really get bent out of shape by other people. He destroyed, he destroyed my dad's business. That's probably why, like, yeah. it's just, he got no help and it's just, we was working, I was working for 50 pound a day on a van with my dad. Yeah. That was hard enough because I've got to spend 
Imagine spending sixteen so, hours. So yeah, for someone job. like your dad, if it's if you feel like he's, yeah, yeah. exactly, if you feel like he's but he's fucking buried his business, a business that took over from his dad. That's before we even think about what happened in the care homes or stuff like that. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I think he's a, he's very. I don't think like I think he got to the final because some people won over it by him, but then other people voted for him just to wind up people like me yeah, and yeah, you you know what I mean nah but you're right he's total prick he should have <laughs> never been in there <laughs> no. yeah do you know what about uh, politically wise a lot of people would have voted to keep him in because there may be like real staunch Tories yeah, you know what I mean and they know that it winds yeah. up people on the other side and all stuff like that so yeah he's, 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 he's no. a load of bollocks really yeah. but but yeah he winds me up his face winds me up <laughs> Mate, <laughs> you got that in the in charity the boxing match. You versus <laughs> big, Matt Hancock. Big John versus Matt Hancock. <laughs> we can only do forty-five second rounds, though. Mate, John ain't gonna laugh. Do you know why that wouldn't work? The fucking wake up for fucking Big John would be brutal. <laughs> Mate, he'd have to be in a sauna fucking twenty-four hours a day. Oh my god. Oh. What sort of what sort of weight? I mean, fucking Matt has to think it up. That would have to come up. We'd get him on a Chinese diet and we'd have to get Big John. He's got to lose 10, 11 stone. Plus. I think I think there would have to be some, because listen, Big John ain't getting down that far. No, there'd have to be some sort of clause in the contract. He'd have to, maybe fucking Big John would have to fight with one arm. Or 30 ounce gloves or something like that. For, for one arm, I think yeah, it'd have arm, to be. I think he'd still... He would, I think he'd still beat him. He would. He'd smash him. To, he'd smash Matt Hancock to bit. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. Yeah, my dad would fucking iron out Matt Hancock. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. would. Well, I see him on the pads the other day, Big John. And like, you could tell, obviously, he used yeah. to box. Yeah. You could just tell, he's like... He's still got a shape and a bit like, not shape, but like... But he can he can, fo- he yeah. can, he can throw he, a punch. He can have a fight, yeah. Whereas yeah. Matt Hancock no. would never have been in a competition. You've seen him try head of football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a way that he's grabbed an ass. Yeah. So <laughs> that's all you need to know. From that, yeah. I, I can tell that that geezer can't fight. No, no. Oh. Uh, do you have anything this week that you uh, um, is winding you up? What is winding me up this week? I've got one that's boxing not, related. Yeah, go on. I've got one that's boxing related. This this annoys me a little bit, um, and I, I get why it's done. Uh, and, and it's all part of like the sport and part of selling the fights. But when they do the face off yeah. and the little pushes, yeah. you know, that just really, that's what's been so nice about the Chisora Fury lead up. Cause they've just been sort of like quite pally with it. I think they both know it's a bit of a payday. They, they probably they know, could, how they know each other as They're well. They're mates, yeah. you know what I mean? If it's genuine pushing though, like if it's a good turn to a bit of a tear up and then the, yeah. the entourage is getting involved, that's great. That's a great bit of yeah, promotion for the it's, fight. It's great promotion, but it's, uh, uh, just and, a little uh, sneaky little push when it's not necessary. Yeah, silly. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. sometimes you can tell when you're, you're just trying to sell this fight. You're just trying to make it look. like... Yeah. You can tell the difference. Yeah, yeah. When, it's that, when you when it's genuine animosity and when yeah, it's not. Yeah, like, yeah. Like like um, White when they flip the tables and stuff like that. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like, that I was mean, proper. Uh, you could tell that there's like genuine sort of animosity. There. Yeah. Or the um, David H. Chisora one. Yeah. Yeah. It glassed me. He glassed me. David, he glassed me. And I'll shoot David A. Started saying, yeah, he's uh, saying to shoot, yeah. Yeah. Well. Because so, I imagine Chisora knows some serious people. Yeah. 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 He's a character. Yeah, it's those, it's those ones that, that, that wind me up a little bit. Is there anything that you see certain boxers do or even maybe these new YouTube boxers? I mean, you mentioned about terrible form earlier. Is there anything that... that you... I've seen a lot of the YouTube boxers. There's a show out in Dubai and then 
one bloke threw water over one bloke and they started having a little wrestle on the floor. You know, like the in-betweeners movie. Oh, right? I see that. Simon and Jay having a round of going, have you had enough yet? Have you had enough? <laughs> I was like, you're going to fight in a day's time. Just save that crap for the ring. But wasn't that a geezer that was trying to get a fight with this other guy? Oh, yeah, I think so. Do you remember? Have you seen it? I mean, yeah, I've like, seen it. I don't know who the guy is, though. Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor is one of them. I don't know who the other guy was. I would say one of my pet peeves, boxing related, as I said, I love IFL. Yeah. I'd love to get Coogan on here one day, oh, we'll actually. Get him on. We'll get him on. If, uh, if you've got his number, I'd love you to yeah, give him I'll a call. Yeah. I'd fucking love to get him on because I've been he's watching. A he's, he's got a lot of stories as I'm well. I'm sure he's got. Yeah. got. I've been watching IFL for years, yeah. like yeah, for years. But one of my pet peeves is, is the fact that IFL now cover the YouTube boxing. Yeah. It, it irritates me a bit. I'm thinking this is a proper platform for boxers. Yeah. You know, it. Yeah, it no. um, you see all the comments below. No one. No, what the, I would the say about. The base of IFL don't want nah. it. No. Yeah. And what I, would say, but what I would say about the IFL comments is they're fucking brutal. Yeah, they are. You know what I mean? They're really. Boxing they're, comments in general. Are, are boxing brutal. comments in general. Are on YouTube, YouTube as well, after, like on the YouTube show, they're, 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 they are brutal. What's, is there any, been anything for you that have really cut? Uh, no, I just remember after my debut, uh, there was two after my debut. There's one that said, he's good, but he's not ready for Tyson Fury yet, which is fair enough, because <laughs> I'm not. And the other one was, he'll be. Uh, He'll be cementing and, and laying bricks on a on a on a drive drive soon. He'll be he'll be a window cleaner in a couple of weeks. You get a lot of the window right, cleaning. Right. But mate, Johnny, so apparently I look like a Polish window cleaner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to be fair, you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially when I debut and I had a shaved head and no beard. I look. So no, mate, your debut. I remember this before I met you. I yeah. put his finger and I was like, "You look, you look like one of the old school." Dorman in yeah. like the fucking nineties on like rock, like on Yates's or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. and I, and you were nineteen yeah. at the time, yeah. was you not? And I was, no, twenty twenty one. Twenty yeah. or whatever, and I was like, "There's no fucking way this geezer's twenty. Um, <laughs> not tonight, lads. And then my mate was like, oh, "That's the guy that was the, the was the football." I was like, "Oh, it makes sense now. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a fucking monster. <laughs> <laughs> he's an he's an actual sea monster. This geezer. He's he's not fucking oh, human." Wow. Um, but yeah, um, I would say that's one of my pet, pet hates. Is the is definitely the IFL uh, comments. Yeah, yeah, they're brutal. Some of them are funny, but some of them I tell you what, they, some of them some are them. really funny. Yeah, but yeah. But I always used got... to I used to think football fans were the worst, but actually I think boxing fans are quite up there. They are because you think a lot of these box like there'll be boxers who put their heart and soul into a fight. Yeah, and then you just get some person who's sitting on a set here at home commenting saying that he was useless or he's done this or got no. But that's the nature of the sport. That's why it's yeah. brutal. And that's why you've got to make sure you have a successful career or, have, or get paid well for what you're doing because you don't get that sort of abuse for free, some of these boxers. Johnny, do you know what, though? You need them comments. You yeah. need them negative comments to keep you going. Like, they I always be... say this, I would have probably stopped doing the comedy a long time ago if I've not had people saying this, saying yeah. that. Like, no. they just keep me good. Like, yeah. last night, I had a gig in Colchester. I was like, all I want to do is go home, fucking get a takeaway. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, shall I fuck it off? I'm like, no, go do the gig because every gig that you went step closer to just proving them people wrong. proving people wrong that you're... you're exactly thinking, that. Yeah. For me, it's just more... I, I, I put them to the back of my mind. I don't I don't think about them that much, but they are motivated. They can be They are motivated, exactly. Yeah, they can be. Don't let sure. them change your opinion of yeah. yourself, but I, I just think it's great. Whenever you're struggling or like... Yeah. Anything, you, you just think, prove that geezer wrong. Yeah. But the most important opinion for me... Yeah, got my managers, got my trainers, but my dad because he'll big yeah. me up. He always big me up. You see him on social media. But if I'm doing something wrong or I do something that he doesn't agree with, he'll be the first man to tell me you're doing that wrong. Or he, he won't be afraid to to say how it is. So mm. it's important that you've got someone like that in your life who will just tell you straight. Yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. absolutely. That's a lovely way to finish. I reckon. I think it is, mate. Um, but yeah, I just want to end the episode by saying 
I fucking loving the journey, Johnny. No, I appreciate and, um, you being on it, mate. It's been, you've been there from the from the very beginning. From the get go, yeah. mate. And I'm really gutted that I've not been able to come see you last couple of fights. Of no. course, it typically works. You fight on no, a Saturday. Yeah, I'm working thing. on a Saturday night. Um, but I was going to come to you. Potentially was going to be fighting in Leeds on 10th yeah. December. That's no, not, not happening, happening now. But we'll get it. February is the next one. February's the next one. So I wanna, I'm trying to leave that relatively clear because Definitely. what I'd love to do is come up there. We've, we've even spoke about maybe doing a, that, uh, a, that Josh James show. Yeah, that'd be Special. Maybe you know, like interviewing someone. Ball interviewing different members. people yeah. and, you know, like the run for ball on the road. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and uh, I just love it, mate, you oh. know, because I've actually lost quite a lot of, we spoke about the football in the last episode. I've lost quite a, love of, uh, quite a lot of my love for football over the last yeah. few years. Yeah. And um, sort of that love sort of went to boxing because I love boxing. Yeah. And just to have you as like there and following you in knowing you, it's like, oh, you know, it. you, it, I, I just... You've been there from the beginning, Josh. Love every fight. The end. You're a run-for-ball ultra. Yeah, ultra. Watch. Yeah, and... Um, so what are the details of your next fight? Uh, we're getting confirmed where it's going to be uh, in, the, in the next coming days, hopefully. But okay. hopefully it's going to be February. Hopefully in London somewhere. Okay. So we'll get the, the ball Do you know the date? Not yet. No. Not yet? No. Do you know a potential met, date? No, don't even know no. the potential date. No. Okay. But we've got five fights next year and you'll see it over social media or my Instagram or Big John's Instagram. You'll see it being promoted. What's your Instagram? Mine's Johnny Fisher One. My dad's it's Big John One. So it will be it will be out there, and wherever we are, the one for Ball Army will be coming. We'll right, be there, yeah. mate, and we'll be at the next fight. Thanks, without Josh. a doubt. Appreciate um, it. So yeah, um, but look, that's another episode done. Um, as always, if you can rate it five stars on Spotify, five stars on Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice review. Um, I mean, can you believe some of the guests we get on this show are absolutely unbelievable. We've got Johnny Fisher, one of the best up and coming heavyweights in the country. We've had Kirk Norcross. We've had some of the best comedians in the country, Sean Walsh, Babatunde Aleshi, and they all come and sit in this fucking shit old garage. Like can you believe <laughs> it? This is a I know. Bobby Moore. But can you believe it? And the reason why they do is because they're great people, but it's a fucking DIY podcast. We put it out there ourselves. So guys, I say it time and time again, but please share it with everyone you know, because um, we got no PR. You guys are our PR. Um, thanks again to Salvatore Bacconi, top producer in the game. Thank you, and mate. thank you to the run football himself, Johnny Fisher. Thanks very much, and we see you all next week. Cheers, Josh. <laughs>